اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لیسن نمبر 190 سورت الشعراء آیا نمبر 168 سورت الشعراء الشعراء means poets سورت الشعراء is a مکی سورة and it was revealed after سورت طاها and سورت الواقعة remember سورت طاها whose story did we learn in سورت طاها Musa alayhi salam. So what do you think we will learn in Surah Al-Shu'ara also? Again, the story of Musa alayhi salam. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ta-seen meem. Ta-seen meem. Huruf muqatta'at, the disjointed letters that appear at the beginning of some surahs. And the purpose of these huruf, of these letters, is to demonstrate the miraculous nature of the Qur'an. It is as if the huruf, these letters, are being hurled at the listeners. Ta, seen, meem. Try to put them together. Say something more eloquent. Try to say something more expressive, more moving, more meaningful than this Qur'an. It's a style that was well known in the Arabs, in fact. That ta, seen, meem. It's a style of speech. It's a style of expressing eloquence. And you cannot logically understand poetry. Can you? Can you logically understand eloquence? It's very difficult. You just have to feel it. So what's the effect of tasin meme of these huruf? It's a challenge. Here, take these letters. Try to put them together. Try to bring something that's more eloquent, more moving, more expressive than this Qur'an that you're about to hear. Tilka ayat. These are the verses. Tilka. This is ishara ba'id. Ishara meaning a word that is being used to point to something that is far. So why tilka is used to point to words, ayat of the Qur'an? To show their exalted status, to show their importance, to show their high rank. These are the verses of Al-Kitab Al-Mubin of the clear book. The word Mubin from Bayanun is understood in two ways. Mubin, first of all, it means one that is clear in itself. One that is clear in itself. Meaning, this Qur'an, the verses of this book are open and clear. They're glaringly obvious. They are manifest. And secondly, Mubin also means one that clarifies. One that makes the other clear. So the Qur'an is clear. Meaning it's clearly from Allah. It is obvious. Its meaning is clear. It's not a book of riddles. It's not a book of hidden meanings. It's not a book of only metaphors. Rather, it is obvious in its message. It's clear in its themes. It is unambiguous. And not just that it's clear in itself, its message is clear, but that it's also clarifying, meaning it clarifies right from wrong. It details, it shows you the right way of life. So this Qur'an, its verses are wadih, they are clear. And this Qur'an, it is muhiyat bi kulli shay. It encompasses everything, meaning everything that people need to know about. Because it is clarifying. The Qur'an clarifies matters to us, reality to us. So this is the Qur'an. These are the verses. لَعَلَّكَ Perhaps you. Who is you? The Qur'an was recited by Jibreel to who? To Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So perhaps you 
O Prophet ﷺ, perhaps you would destroy yourself. Why? Why would you destroy yourself? Allah yakunu mu'minin that they do not become believers. Allah, this is a combination of an and la, and yakunu, they refers to the mushrikeen, that they are not becoming believers. Perhaps because of this you would destroy yourself. When is it that a person destroys himself, harms himself? When he is sad, extremely disappointed. Now the word bakhir, bakha'a, it is to destroy oneself with grief and anger. That when you're so sad, and you're also angry, you're frustrated. So you're living in that guilt, alright, that perhaps you did not work hard enough. Perhaps you did not do what is right. Perhaps it is your fault that what you did did not work out. It's your fault. You stay in that guilt, and that guilt eats you up. It destroys you from inside. And at the same time, it makes you sad. So the Prophet ﷺ, why was he feeling like this? Because the disbelief of the people, it greatly distressed Rasulullah ﷺ. Because he knew the outcome of their kufr. We learned about Ibadul Rahman. Their first dua is which one? That, O oh Allah, رَبَّنَا صْرِفْ عَذَابَ جَهَنَّمُ O oh Allah, turn away the punishment of hellfire from us. So the Prophet ﷺ, he was concerned about the people who did not believe. That what is going to happen to them if they continue in this way? And who is it that he blamed? Himself. That perhaps I'm not doing a good of a job. We learn in Surah Al-Kahf, Ayah 6 also, فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعٌ نَفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِلَّمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفَ Same word is used over there, that perhaps you would destroy yourself because of these people, that they're not believing. So Allah consoles His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Here in this ayah also, لَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعٌ And notice the word لَعَلَّ لَعَلَّ is also used as istifham, it's a question. That would you perhaps destroy yourself, that these people are not becoming believers? Would you destroy yourself because of them? Meaning don't do that. This is for ishfaq, showing affection. Don't destroy yourself, it's not your fault. And we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also comforts the Prophet ﷺ in other places in the Qur'an. In Surah Fatir ayah 8 for example, Allah says, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُضِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ Allah sends astray whoever He wills, and He guides whoever He wills. فَلَا تَهْذَبْ نَفْسُكَ عَلَيْهِمْ حَسَرَاتٍ So you don't regret over these people. It's not your fault. You're doing your job. But what we learn from this is the concern that Rasulullah ﷺ had for mankind. That how much he cared for people. You see, there are different types of people. There are some people who only care about themselves. That then there's others who only care about their families. Then there are people whose circle is a bit larger. They care about themselves, they care about their families, they care about their friends. Then there are others who care about their community, about their country, about their ummah, about their nation, about other human beings. So the more intelligent a person is, the more he cares about others. So the fact that the Prophet ﷺ cared about all of humanity, so much so that for their kufr he was blaming himself, thinking that he was not working hard enough, what does that show? The intelligence, the tenderness, the concern of Rasulullah ﷺ. And you see, once a person truly worries about others, then this makes him self-motivated. Meaning he doesn't need to be instructed by others. He doesn't need to be 
told by others, do this, now do this, now don't do this. No. If a person is self-motivated, then what happens? What happens? You find out. You figure out. Like the Prophet ﷺ, he was self-motivated. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a responsibility. And look at how seriously the Prophet ﷺ took this responsibility. That even when he's being humiliated in public, even if there are people who are trying to destroy the effect of his speech, still the Prophet ﷺ continues delivering the message. Even though so many people refuse to believe in him, he never hesitated in doing da'wah to people. So, لَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعٌ نَفْسَكَ أَلَّا يَكُونُوا مُؤْمِنِينَ Allah says, إِن نَشَأْ If we willed. نَشَأْ شِينْ يَا hamza. If we wanted, نُنَزِّلْ We could send down. عَلَيْهِمْ on them. On who? On these people who deny you. مِنَ السَّمَاءِ From the sky, آيَةً A sign. If we wanted, we could have sent down from the sky a miracle. And this miracle would be such that فَظَلَّتْ فَذَنْ ظَلَّتْ It would remain. ظَلَّتْ From the root letters, ظَ لَام لَام ظِلْ What is ظِلْ? Shadow. And from this ظَلَّ as a verb, what does it mean? To remain. When something continues. Because as long as the sun is there, as long as there is light, there will also be shade. Isn't it? So, فَظَلَّتْ It shall remain, it shall continue. It shall stay. What shall stay? A'naqum, their necks. A'naq, plural of unuq. Their necks would remain laha for it. For what? For the ayah, for the miracle. Khadi'een, humbly submissive. Plural of the word khadi'r. Khadi'r from khudur. What is ibadah? Al-khudur wa tadallul. Remember the word khudur? Al-khudur wa tadallul. So khadi'een, this is the word. What does khudur mean? To be humble. It is said, رَجْلٌ خُضَعَ Meaning a person who is very humble before everybody. So a person who is very humble before everybody, how is he generally? How does he stand? Very humble posture, right? As if bent forward almost, shoulders in, in front of everybody, even before children, adults, whoever it may be. If humility is within a person, you will see that in their posture, no matter where they are. So this is Rajulun Khudur. So Khudur is basically such humility, more than Khushur, that is visible on the limbs. Meaning the neck goes down and a person you know, comes in, his body comes in, shoulders come in. This is how he becomes. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's telling us in this ayah, that if He wanted, He could have sent down a miracle, down from the sky, such a miracle that before that miracle, these deniers, what would happen to them? They would have no option but to surrender. Meaning, we could compel them to believe by showing them undeniable miracles. This can happen. Like for example, many atheists, you know, they say, well, if there is a God, then ask Him to turn the lights off right now. Pray. And you're like, okay. Is that going to happen? Just imagine if a person said, Oh Allah, please have the lights turned off and instantly the lights go off. Oh Allah, please have this done and instantly that is done. Would there be any atheist in the world? Probably not. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can He make that happen though by the way? Of course He can. 
can he show a sign a miracle that will literally quieten the people and force them to surrender force them to submit can he of course he can if he wants he can compel people to believe but he does not do so why because in surah al-baqarah ayah 256 allah says la ikraha fid din there's no compulsion in religion qad tabayyana ar-rushd min al-ghay the rushd the correct way has been made clear from the wrong way from error right and wrong allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clarified and now allah has given the choice to people you choose you choose you decide what you want to do right or wrong and then you are responsible for your choice because this is what the test of life is about that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the truth and falsehood clear and allah is testing us that who is it that uses their mind who is it that pays attention to what has been revealed by allah tries to understand it without bias without pride who is it that surrenders this is the test of this life In Surah Yunus ayah 99 Allah says walaw sha'a rabbuka la amana man fil ardi kulluhum jami'a If Allah wanted all people would have believed he could have forced them to believe he can do that very easily just as all people are they going to die yes death is certain nobody can deny that so Allah can very easily force people to believe and isn't that what we want sometimes you know we say things like i wish everybody was muslim I wish everybody was very righteous. You know, there would be no problems in the world. We're basically hoping for Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala admit us in Jannah, every single one of us. But the fact is that right now, where are we? In the world. And this world is a place of test, where every person is being tested. Who chooses right and who chooses wrong? Allah can force belief on people, but He does not do so. This is not His way. Because this life is for test. In Surah Yunus ayah 99 we learn afa anta tukrihu an-nasa the ayah continues that afa anta tukrihu an-nasa hatta yakunu mu'minin would you then force people until they all believe can you do that no you can't and you shouldn't even try to this is not right you should not force people you know like if a person doesn't want to eat something and they're force fed what's going to happen are they going to throw up they're going to throw up. they cannot take in what their mind is denying and when something no matter how good it is if it's forced down the throats of people it's not going to have a good effect on them they have to desire it they have to willingly take it and when they willingly take it they decide they consciously decide that yes this is what i want to do then yes it has a good effect on them now this doesn't mean that we don't tell people about what is right and what is wrong no qad tabayyana ar-rushd min al-ghay allah has made right and wrong clear and that is our obligation also make the right clear from wrong but forcing people this is not the way of allah this was not the way of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa ma ya'tihim and it does not come to them min dhikrin any dhikr any message any reminder من الرحمن from the most merciful what kind of reminder muhdath new brand new what does it mean by muhdath muhdath hadatha hadatha means to happen all right hadatha literally means to happen and muhdath is that which has just happened breaking news that is muhdath it just happened right now and then there's an update 5 seconds later and another minute later there's another update this is muhdath latest So 
This ayah means that وَمَا يَأْتِيهِمْ مِنْ ذِكْرِ مِنَ الرَّحْمَانِ مُحْدَثٍ Meaning no new message comes to them from Allah, from Ar-Rahman إِلَّا كَانُوا عَنْهُ مُعْرِضِينَ Except that they turn away from it. They don't take it. Now what does it mean by this new reminder? New reminder basically refers to new wahi. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not reveal the Qur'an on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa at once. How did He reveal it? In stages, in portions, over a course of 23 years. And what was the reason behind that? That each revelation was a source of guidance. Right? Like for example, if you read a book in two days, what will happen? Okay, you've read it cover to cover. But then after a week, if you're asked to recall something from it, you might not be able to. Correct? But if you read, let's say, a page or two, you know some books are like that, that you need to constantly read them, just a page or two, that's it. So each time you read a page or two, three, four pages in one sitting, what does it do? It's like a new information that you've just taken in that helps you, you know, think and reflect and internalize what you have read, what you have learned. So what is being said over here is that while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not send miracles as described above, meaning such miracles that would make the people speechless and that would force them to surrender, at the same time, Allah has not deprived mankind of proofs that will lead them to the truth. He has sent down the Qur'an, not at once, but in stages. But what's the reaction of the people? They turn away from it. Every new wahi that the Prophet ﷺ came and recited before them, what would they do? Ignore, turn away. Now, what happens in our lives also? The Qur'an is there. But every now and then, we come across verses of the Qur'an, which we may have studied, learned once upon a time. But those verses are to us as if we are learning them for the first time. It's like a new reminder, a new message, a new understanding, another source of inspiration. And sometimes it's not just the Qur'an. There are things that happen in our lives that teach us lessons that should wake us up. But what happens to many of us? We hear about incidents, they happen in our lives, but we generally tend to turn away. May Allah protect us from this because it's very dangerous. A very dangerous state that a person reads the Qur'an but it doesn't affect him. A person learns a new lesson, doesn't change him. He sees something new in his life or in somebody else's life, and doesn't learn from it. فَقَدْ كَذَّبُوا For they have denied. فَسَيَأْتِيهِمْ فَسَوْ سَ will Meaning very soon. يَأْتِيهِمْ It will come to them. Because of their denial, it will come to them. What will come to them? أَمْبَاءُ News. Which news? مَا that which كَانُوا They were بِهِ with it يَسْتَهْزِئُونَ They were mocking. Meaning the news that they were mocking at is going to come true. What does it mean by amba? Amba, plural of naba. Important news. Relevant news. So the people have been warned through the Qur'an. And so amba refers to the information that the Qur'an gives. The warning that the Qur'an gives. The threat that the Qur'an gives. But what happens when people find out about you know, some warning that the Qur'an gives? What's their reaction generally? They laugh it off. They mock at it. Yeah, right, there will be a day of judgment. It still hasn't happened. They mock at the Qur'an. They mock at the news that the Qur'an gives. What does Allah say? That the very 
warning that they are mocking at right now, it will become a reality. Right now they laugh, but very soon it will become a reality. And this is also something very frightening. That sometimes a person is so heedless that a serious matter, he does not take it seriously, he just laughs it off. He doesn't pay much attention to it. But then later on he sees the consequences of his own actions. أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا Allah says, did they not look at, have they not seen, إِلَى الْأَرْضِ To the earth, have they not looked at the earth? كَمْ أَمْبَتْنَا كَمْ How many? أَمْبَتْنَا We have caused to grow, meaning we have produced. فِيهَا in it, meaning in the earth, مِنْ كُلِّ From every زَوْجٍ كريم, From every noble kind. What does it mean by زَوْج? Zawj, I told you earlier it means spouse, partner. Right? It either refers to husband or wife. One of a pair. That's what Zawj means. One of a pair. One of a set. One that complements the other and together they make a set. This is what Zawj is. But the word Zawj also applies to kind or type, category of something. Because for example, female, male, together, fair. But female is a kind of a person or creature. And male is another kind. You understand? Yes, they have similarities, but they have some differences also. So together they complement one another and complete a set, complete a pair. So zawj, remember it also refers to kind, type, category, species. So zawj over here refers to what? Earlier in the ayah, ambatna was used. So it's talking about plants. How many different types of plants, categories, species of plants, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has caused to grow. Allah has produced in the earth. And all types of soil, if you think about it. Even in desert, there are some kind of plants that grow. Even around glaciers, there are trees that are alive. Even in you know, very hot climates, very cold, any part of the world you go to, you will find some kind of plant even in the water. So come ambatna. How many? And really you understand how many there are when you go into your yard to pull out the weeds. That it's amazing how you can't understand how a weed could grow you know, between two bricks. Like seriously, how? Where is it coming out from? There's grass growing out of weird places. Isn't it amazing? Come ambatna. How many? And so many different types, so many different kinds. You try to list them, you'll be exhausted. Come ambatna. And notice how zawjid kareem. Kareem is very important to understand. Kareem kaframeem. Kareem is that which is noble, meaning that which is very good. When is something noble, high quality? Why is something considered high quality? Okay, rare. Any other reason? Okay, a lot of good qualities it has because of the way that it was made, because a lot of attention was given to making it. Hmm? Basically, if you think about it, something is considered good when it's a source of a lot of benefit. I mean, just compare two watches. Okay, If there is a watch that only tells you the time, maybe the date also. And then there's another watch on which you can take your phone calls. You can see the weather. You can play music from it. Okay, for example, you can do all these things from it. Is there a difference? 
There is a difference, right? So the more features, the more benefits something brings, the more quality it has. Or at least, even if it's a few functions that it can perform, those functions, it performs them really, really well. Why do you think some watches are like tens of thousands of dollars? What's the difference? It's only a watch. What's the difference? It's the way it was engineered. The way it was made. So Kareem, in plants, what does it refer to? Kathirul manfa, Meaning that which is a source of a lot of benefit. You know, it's amazing how we look down on Allah's creation a lot. It's very sad. You know, sometimes there could be a tree that you're like, oh, I hate that tree, I just want to chop it off. First thing I'm going to do when I move into this house, I'm going to get rid of this tree, for example. But the same tree, it's a source of shade for creatures that you don't even know of. When you look at that tree, you'll be amazed how there's actually nests in it. And you don't even know, but at a particular part of the year, it maybe produces some kind of berries, which are a source of food for so many creatures. Kathirul manfa, Food, shade, and then it's cleaning out the air. And yes, it's adding to the beautiful landscape of your house, whatever it may be. So, kathirul manfa. Assalamualaikum. I went to New York last weekend, and we went like sightseeing and stuff. So we went to um, Times Square, and everyone was so like excited to go see it. But when you get there, it's so like so many people, and the lights are just shining in your eyes, and it's just so crowded, and it's, and there's just people doing things that you wouldn't expect them, and you're just like surprised, but not in a good way. But then um, we went to Central Park, and really that was a fresh air. It was. It was beautiful, and you just get to see like the beauty of the nature compared to what humans made. It's much like more breathtaking than what you see yes. humans make. So zaujin karim, and look at the word come. How many uncountable, and so many different kinds, so many different species. I mean, there's grass, then there's small plants, then there's bushes, then there are trees, then there are vines. There are climbers and then there are those that spread on the ground, different kinds. Some produce flowers and those flowers turn into fruit and some don't. Different kinds, different purposes. I mean, this is not all at random. Min kulli zawjin kareem. Uncountable vegetation. Who is the doer of all of this? Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah says, Inna fi dhalika la ayah. Indeed in that is a sign. In what? In the vegetation. In its abundance, in its variety, in its benefits. Signs of who? Signs of the Lord. That He is the one who's made this. This couldn't happen by itself. If you want to see a miracle, just go step outside and look at the plants. And sit on the ground and look at the grass. Look at the leaves of the plants. Look at the flowers. وَمَا كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ But most of them, they are not believers. Makana, they are not at all. They were not to be believers. Why? Because they do not pay attention to these matters. They don't pay attention to what Allah has created even. That so much variety of plants and we don't even take a moment to appreciate them. I mean, if you just look at a flower, what colors it's got inside? And how? We're like, oh, flowers, move on. We don't even bother to just pause for a moment and look at it and say, Subhanallah, 
How long is it going to take? It doesn't take much long. But when we don't have this much time even to reflect on the creation of Allah, then how is it that we can reflect on ourselves, on our purpose of existence? On Allah Azza wa Jal. وَمَا كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ So it's as if we are being told that the earth is full of signs. Your life is full of signs. The Qur'an is full of signs. Why are you demanding a miracle to especially descend from the sky so that you can believe? وَإِنَّ رَبَّكَ And indeed your Lord, لَهُوَ Surely He is Al-Aziz, the exalted in might, Al-Rahim, the merciful. Al-Aziz, this is a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have read many times in the Qur'an and in this surah it will come over and over again. Let's just review its meaning quickly and briefly. Aziz meaning dhul izzah, the possessor of izzah. What is izzah? Great might. So Allah, He is the possessor of great might, powerful and able, before whom everything and everyone is powerless. That even if so many people deny, that doesn't diminish Him in His rank. It does not affect Him at all. And even though people deny, he can exact revenge. And dhul izza also means qadr, manzila, meaning high status. So he is al-aziz, meaning the honorable one. And he is al-rahim, the merciful. Meaning even though he is a possessor of great might, he is compassionate. At the same time, he is compassionate. And notice al-rahim. Ar-Rahim is different from Ar-Rahman. Generally they're understood in the same way. Ar-Rahman, merciful. Ar-Rahim also, merciful. Ar-Rahman denotes the quality of mercy. That Allah is very compassionate. Very compassionate. Very merciful. But has it ever happened with you that you feel a lot for a person but you don't really do anything? Does it ever happen? Like for example, people all over the world who are suffering, yeah, we feel a lot for them. We do nothing. Yeah, we feel, but that's it, khalas. Rahim is the one who also shows rahmah. Rahim denotes the fa'l, the action. Rahman denotes the sifa, the attribute. And Rahim denotes that he also shows compassion. He deals with mercy. He is kind. Now these two attributes are combined only in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mighty and merciful. How is it possible that we have a Lord who is almighty and a Lord who is all-merciful? How is it possible? Because He is Allah. It is only possible for Allah Azza wa Jal. Now the verses that we have read so far, these verses were like the introduction of the surah. And after this, we will learn about several incidents and after each incident, these two verses are repeated. Which two verses? إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةٌ وَمَا كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ وَإِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الرَّحِيمُ So after each incident, after every passage, these two verses will come repeatedly, over and over again. Now this is Surah Al-Shu'ara. The Qur'an is not poetry, because poetry is many times like this. You have a passage, and then some verses which are repeated. Then another passage, the same verses are repeated. The Qur'an is not poetry, but the style of the surah is meant to defeat the poets. It is meant to challenge the poets. It is meant to silence the poets. That you are knowledgeable of poetry. Look at this surah. Now the first story we will learn is a story of Musa salam, which was very, very relevant to the position of the Prophet in Mecca. 
In Mecca, the Prophet ﷺ was dealing with who? Stubborn and arrogant people. Especially those who were people of power. With the wealthy, the elite, the chiefs. And the Prophet ﷺ, he was bearing their opposition and their insane oppression, not just him, but even the believers. And was this something that Musa ﷺ also had to go through? Yes, he had to deal with Fir'aun, stubborn, arrogant. And at the same time, the way Fir'aun opposed the Bani Israel, he opposed Musa ﷺ and the way he oppressed the Bani Israel, very similar situation. So in the story of Musa ﷺ was a lesson for the Prophet ﷺ and also for any person who finds himself in a similar situation. That when you sometimes have to stand before people that you are afraid to even speak to, then what happens? You're unable to even clearly express yourself. You're terrified because of their oppressive behavior. And sometimes they could be your own relatives. How do you deal with that situation? How do you remain firm? So let's look at these verses, the following verses. But before that, we will listen to the recitation. قَدْ كَذَّبُوا فَسَيَأْتِيهِمْ أَنْبَاءُ مَا كَانُوا بِهِ يَسْتَهْزِئُونَ أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا إِلَى الْأَرْضِ كَمْ أَنْبَتْنَا فِيهَا مِنْ كُلِّ زَوْجٍ كَرِيمٍ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةٍ وَمَا كَانَ أَكْثَرُهُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ وَإِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الرَّحِيمُ